Hey friend, welcome to the Socially Modern Podcast, where I'm your host, Stephanie Mainville. I've built a six-figure real estate business solely using social media and digital marketing. When I first began in real estate, I felt pretty alone in this archaic industry. If that's how you felt too, I started this podcast with you in mind. So grab your notebook as we dig into tactical business tips to grow online and use modern marketing methods to level up your business. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of Socially Modern. I'm so excited because today's episode is a great deep dive question and answer with some amazing guest co-hosts today. I have Tara and Audrey from Social Sessions Podcast coming on here. Tara had started a social media marketing agency. Audrey came alongside her, and now they have this really great podcast. And so I have them on the show today. I'm really excited to talk to them about different metrics, getting personal on social media and selling on social media and what they've seen and experienced for themselves. So let's dive in. Awesome. I'm so excited. Today we have Audrey and Tara on the podcast. Just to kind of kick off our podcast today, I just want to know a little bit more about Audrey and Tara. Like, how did the two of you guys become a team? How did you guys, you know, start social sessions, the podcast, your social media agency? Like, I want to know all about you guys. So yeah, tell me more. We started the agency, actually, just kind of been an evolution. I was a photographer before. I was photographing a lot of influencers and YouTubers and those types of influencers for the content and we would mass create like one day and then they'd have content for the month. So that's kind of where that started from that. I moved to Austin where social media wasn't really as big as it was in California. So I didn't have the pool of influencers that I did back there, but I thought that same blueprint could work for businesses. You could mass create authentic content in office or in with the business firsthand, you could use that content and spread it out over the month without having to be working on it every day. So that's how the agency was started. We started back in 2018, I guess, with my first client, which was a plastic surgeon. We grew him from 30,000 to 130. And a lot of that was built on stories and just filming every single thing that we could, like everything is content. Yeah, um, that's amazing. I had put out, I think, a job posting on LinkedIn or something, and Audrey applied and sent her little media kit, which I loved so much because my favorite. It like shows your personality and shows your design expertise. It shows what you've done before, and that caught my eye. And then I interviewed her, and she's been with us ever since. And we've kind of grown the agency into a more educational brand and we've also added social sessions over the last six months and so that's my bit yeah I mean that's basically how it happened I started out just handling client accounts and then have kind of evolved into the position I have now where I do a lot of our marketing and that's kind of where the idea for social sessions came to as a way to market the agency but also as a way to like dip our foot into the educational area. So that's just been a huge part of my role is the education for other social media managers or just small businesses who are looking to do their own social media. 
That is so cool. Okay, awesome. So when did the two of you guys come together? You said you started the agency in 2018. You came together, like, how long after that? I think I came on, like, a year ago. I think, like, the very beginning of 2021, I think. April 2021, I think, yeah. Yeah. So in the beginning, it was filming um, and growing that client base. And when I found Audrey, it's like, it's incredibly hard to find talented people that kind of can do everything. Photography, copywriting, you know, like when you find somebody like that, you've hit a jackpot Mm -hmm. in the creative market. That is, you're absolutely right. It's really hard to find that. It's really hard to be that as a business owner. (laughs) on top of actually running your business so tell me like okay Tara before you started the agency said you were doing like photography content shoots before that and then Audrey what were you doing before before all of this I had just graduated college so I spent a year working like back-end copyright files for a really big social media platform So I was doing like backend stuff and then I kind of was doing freelance social media work. I just had a few clients of my own, but I had only been out of college for like a year ish. That's so cool. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I'm so glad that I just wanted to get to know you both a little bit before we dive into some of our tips today for some of our listeners. So we're going to be really digging in here. I'm so excited to be talking to social media agency gurus. Like I feel like you guys are who we need to talk to today. So as social media managers, you guys probably do have a lot of different metrics that you're paying attention to. And I absolutely do talk about insights and different things here on the podcast. But I just want to hear from you guys, what kinds of metrics or insights are you guys paying attention to for your clients? Like, what are you looking at not only for yourselves, but for your, your brands, all the different businesses that you guys are running? I think having an understanding, like I said, from social media marketing professionals, is just so insightful. I always love to look at, obviously reach is a big one because a lot of our clients, their main goal is just to increase brand awareness, right? Reach new people that might not have heard of their business before. So I think that's a really huge one. And then I like to look at website clicks a lot too, specifically on stories, on both, on like the main uh, bio section of Instagram, but also on stories, I like to know how many people are clicking the links, especially with stories. It's easy to tell why they clicked the link because it usually like you can see what it was titled, what it was in correlation to. So if I made a specific story post about a specific sale that we were having or a client was having or something like that, it's really easy to tell what's driving those conversions. Absolutely. Okay. I love stories. <laughs> I talk about stories all the time and I think stories are really truly for selling. Yeah, absolutely. Really so oftentimes I really do think that people get overwhelmed with metrics. I, do you guys see that with your clients? They just don't understand them, which is surprising because we look at them all day. So we are like, well, I don't understand. We, I know the follower hasn't gone up, but like, did you see your reach? And they're like, what does that mean? You know, like, they're only yeah. looking at those basic numbers, those numbers, and that's what they're basing their whole thing on. So it's just educating them on what those means, impressions, reach. Also, something I think is important that I've noticed as far as metrics is really just like in person. Like I've noticed we do a lot of service-based clients. So taking that intake yourself as the provider, whoever you are, of where they came from 
you know, it's hard for us to keep tabs on what patients or which people actually came from social media. So I think implementing something where you're asking, how did you hear about me and things is going to be super easy and create, it's just going to give you that insight. Extra like deep dive. Yeah. I actually started asking that on all of my calls with people because I wasn't sure and I wanted to know. I'm like, is this coming from Instagram? Is this coming from a referral? Like, it is so nice to hear it. And you have that like confirmation too when you're feeling like, crap, is this working? (laughs) Yeah. And it's also like from a broad marketing perspective, it's how you tell like where you need, where you should be putting more energy into, right? Like what's working. So it's always nice to know. It is. I feel like it's really a rewarding feeling too. Like if a client says, oh, we had somebody came come in today and they said they found us on TikTok. Like I jump up and down and get so excited because that means it's working, right? Like somebody actually came from TikTok to your office. That is so cool. And they're probably jumping up and down too. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) knowing that it's working. I, I wanted to go back to, I feel like so often, like you had said, people get overwhelmed by the insights of the metrics. And so what they pay, focus on and pay attention to is follower count. And we had this conversation on your podcast as well. But, you know, do you think having a larger follow count matters, you know, to make just as many sales? Like, what are your thoughts on that? We talked about it a little bit, but I want to bring that over here, too, because I think it's so important for people to hear. I feel like yes and no. I don't think it matters as much as it used to. I think if you would have asked that question five or six years ago, everyone would have been like, obviously. Yeah, it totally matters. But now it's like, I think the biggest thing that it counts for is credibility. People feel like they, that you're credible if you have more followers, right? It's like, there's really nothing to back that, but people, a lot of times people feel like, oh, if you have X amount of followers, you must be good. But especially with reels on, if we're talking Instagram specifically, especially with reels, you're reaching a new audience that I don't think they care as much about your follower account. They can follow you straight from the reels tab. You know what I mean? So I don't think True. it matters as much because if you're making good content and it's something that's educating them, they're going to follow you regardless. And then in terms of sales, like you don't need them to follow you for them to purchase from you. You know, they just have to be aware of of you. So someone could see your reel, not follow you and still make a purchase from you. And that's pretty incredible. Honestly, I feel like so often small accounts do really well, or we call, you know, we have micro influencers and people like that. And a lot of times businesses and brands like working with them over like mega influencers sometimes. So I agree. I don't think that the follower count matters too much. And I know that we talked about that on your podcast too. Uh, You know, when you're a service or a sales-based provider, a lot of times you're really, you have to sell in a certain location. You can't even sell outside of that. And I know a lot of my listeners are real estate agents. And so, you know, going back to your follower count has to, has to matter as far as like what type of followers you're having and, and, you know, if your follower account is really heavy and dense in the area that you sell, then you're probably doing a good job with your content. Exactly. That's okay. Very true. So before we jump off yeah. of this subject, what do you guys see brands with small followings doing well? And, and if it's like a certain type of, you know, is it posts? Is it stories? Like you were talking a little bit about stories. Do you feel like stories are converting well for a lot of different types of businesses? Or do you see that with just a certain 
certain ones, you know? That's the part that your agency can't do for you. Like you have to be um, present on stories and make a habit of it. And I know it sounds overwhelming and can be daunting of like, what do I post? But I think starting small and I tell people, take pictures of the sky and put the temperature on it. I don't care. Take a picture of your breakfast, take a picture of your book, take a picture of your nails, take a picture like so many things. Start small sharing little bits and pieces about you and then build off of it. You'll start to get more confident the more you do it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think just showing up, I think the one thing that like small brands that small brands do well is show their face, which I know we're going to get into, but when the founder starts showing their face and they start showing the process, like that's when you strike gold. That honestly is so powerful. People always ask me, they're like, why are you, why do you show so much, you know, behind the scenes or more personal life or things like that? And I'm like, because that's what people want to see. Like if it's always about selling, 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 then those people don't want to hang around and sit there for the, exactly. <laughs> for my social media, you know? You're swiping. Exactly. Well, well, I even think about, I think of the larger brands that I do like to follow. Like it's never just buy our product, buy our product, buy our product. Like they're serving something for me as well too, you know? Right. What do you think it is like the, the big brands? And since we said smaller brands, I can think of some, you know, that I like to follow as well. But like, what do you notice that you follow that you really like <laughs> to get kind of personal here? <laughs> yeah, I love like relatable content, obviously, like I think big brands do that really well when they relate to, it's very specific, right? They know who their target audience is. So their relatable content is always really good because it's reaching a very, very specific group of people or it's just informative or it's fun. Like sometimes I, this is just the creative in me. I like to follow a brand just because I like their logos and I like their branding but in other situations, like I think of like Create and Cultivate or Girl Boss or like Ella Vest, they all have a pretty similar target audience and it's always really relatable content. They absolutely kill it on that. So it's funny and entertaining for me, but they are also selling a service or a brand or whatever it is that they're selling. Yeah, it almost doesn't feel like they're selling as much as it's just relatable and enjoyable content. Yeah, absolutely. Audrey kills it. It means it's relatable. It's funny. And then it like taps on it, but it doesn't like overwhelm you with pressure. Yeah. Yes. If I have one talent, it's it's making a meme for a brand. <laughs> the memes have been where it's at. Are you, are you doing like the, you know, like famous people photography and putting different things to that? <laughs> like yeah, that all of them. I yeah. love. I love to meme the Kardashians. Sure. Any Kardashian photo that goes viral, I will make it workable for a brand. Oh my gosh, we could be best friends. That they are my favorite people, <laughs> and I love watching the Kardashians in general. So we uh, end up talking about them on podcasts all the time. I don't know how this happens. Well, they just kill it. They kill it at being business owners and brand owners, really. <laughs> they do. I yeah. can't. I can't argue with that. <laughs> Okay, so while we're talking about sales and promotion, people get really weird. I'm sure you hear this from people like maybe you get pushback from your clients. I know I do in real estate, but people are like, I just don't want to be salesy. You know, I don't want to sell to people that I know, like make them, they feel so cringy around it, right? But truthfully, when you believe in your product or your service, it's easy to share about it. So what would you say right. when you do have a client that's struggling to show up on social media and sell their product? 
Are you talking when you say show up, you mean like show their face or you're having mean... a hard time with all of it? Yeah. A lot of times it's showing their okay. face, right. Or their product in general or talking about it at all. Yeah. Well, sometimes like in that situation, I, we hear what we hear the most pushback on is that people are nervous to get on camera. They all of a sudden get camera shy. So that's when we tell people to show their face and show up, like that's the pushback that we always get. So Tara always tells them to show up on stories, right? Post it. It's there for 24 hours. Even if you don't post it, get used to being on camera. And then in terms of selling, you don't, it's not like every post has to be a salesy post, right? So that should be comforting if you're making content. It's about like 10% of your content has to be selling. I love that you said a percentage because I literally get DMs all the time. Like, what is your ratio? And, and it, <laughs> everybody feels like they're like having to do some math in the background while they're creating content or something. But I always said like an yeah. 80-20 and you said 10%. So yeah, I'm kind of like right on par with, you know, close to what you guys are talking about too. Yeah. I listened to a podcast not that long ago, maybe a month ago that I'm like, we're trying to implement their tactics on TikTok where it's like 80% of the, no, 70% of the content should be stuff that's just going to bring in a really, really broad audience. So it should be trending content. It should be something that majority of people can relate to. Another 20% of your content should be relationship building. So it should be, you know, your followers get to know you. They feel like they know you. It's where you build that trust. And then the last 10% is going to be the salesy content. And that 10% doesn't need to go viral. That 10% does not need to do big numbers because that 10% is only meant for the people that you built relationships with and the people that you built that trust with in that other 20%. Yes. Okay. Cause it's more specific. So you can't expect the numbers to be the same, but anything that is converting from that is a win overall. Exactly. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. I exactly. actually really like that breakdown a lot. I wonder if that would, I mean, you could kind of use a similar idea even to Instagram as well. Yeah. I saw, I think you pronounce it Missouri. He said that the reason like that you should use, I mean, I take everything he says with a grain of salt at this point, but <laughs> he had said, use reels to bring in that new audience, right. To broaden your reach and then use static posts to build relationships. So it's a little different than on TikTok, but kind of same thing. A, a large majority of your content is going to be for reach. And then you're going to have a smaller portion for sales and a smaller portion for relationship building. Honestly, I, I tell people when I'm talking about reels, I'm like, guys, this is kind of like your trailer to the movie. The movie is the rest yeah. of your content. And these are just the trailers. Like we need it to be, what is a trailer, right? For a movie, it has to be captivating. It's just going to pull you in. It doesn't actually ever really tell you what the ending is going to be, what the answer is, any of that. So that's your reel or your TikTok. Yes, I love that makes that. sense. Pulls you in. I love that. Suck, yeah. Sucks you into the rest. <laughs> okay. So I think we kind of talked about this a little bit, but how do you guys see small businesses selling socially in uh, an authentic and real way? What do you think is like the key driver behind that? Yeah, I think just transparency, honestly, like being transparent about the brand, about, you know, we have a few clients that will like, if they're getting a lot of negative comments, they'll put the mute button on, or there's part of me that agrees that maybe you should do some 
quality control or, you know what I mean, control over like what's being said about your brand. But I also think like the transparency of like all the things that come with being a business owner is what connects people. I think being transparent about price up front, I think being transparent about process and what it actually looks like is what sells people. They honest, they feel like there's nothing to hide, like you're open about it. Um, like I said, we do a lot of service-based clients. Those could be veneers or surgeries or anything like that. And I think when the doctor or dentist is transparent about what's happening and about what it's going to cost and why it costs that much and all the things that go with it, does it, is it covered by insurance? These kinds of things, like it makes consumer feel so comfortable before even arriving at your office. So I think transparency is what helps sell socially, like in an authentic way. Yeah, I very much agree with that. I also wanted to jump on really quick to say that the other thing that I think is huge in terms of selling on social media is you have to share what the people are going to get from it. You can't just be like, this is our product and this is why we love it. And this is why we made it like nobody cares. They want to hear how it's going to help them, what value it's going to bring to them, what they are going to get from the money that they're spending on your product. Right. It's about them, not about you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Totally. I couldn't agree more with you guys on that. Okay. So let's then, this kind of like leads me into my next one too. But when we were just recording on your show recently, we were talking about how so many business owners hire out for social media marketing. And, and even though they've hired out for their content, we said this today, you still encourage your clients to show up, of course, as themselves on stories and other ways throughout their social media, I'm sure. So why do you think, since you've seen so many kinds of businesses building online, that having a real person behind the brand is so important on social media? We could talk about this for days. We talk about <laughs> this all the time. Because people, like, if I see a brand and they're just posting a product, I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, if Pepsi's just posting a can of Pepsi, I don't care. But if I see someone on there that looks like me or is just a person in general, I can connect a little bit better. So that's really what it comes down to is connection and trust. Like you don't trust a product. You trust a person who likes the product. Yeah, absolutely. So just like you guys have been saying, I mean, my listeners also know, I believe so much in having a personal presence in your service and sales-based businesses. I always discuss having um, connection points or what I call them. So how do you prompt or teach clients to speak about how they can show up authentically as themselves. Like you've talked about having a doctor or having all these different, you know, professions. So how are they, how do you teach them to show up authentically? I guess is my question. I mean, it's so hard to teach them. I think just encouraging them and people always call us like social media managers or social, whatever, but I like to think of us more as like a coach. And sometimes you just need somebody in your corner. Like sometimes I wish I had that somebody that was like, you did so good on stories today. Like I love seeing that story. So I think a lot of it is just, I, we try to coach them through it, encourage them to do it more, encourage them of the things that we think connected with the audience and the brand and stayed within brand. I think coaching can help. I think that's one benefit you get from having an agent. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I was going to say, there's not like one specific way to teach someone how to do that just little things it's letting them practice on stories on their own sometimes it's being like here's someone that I think is in your industry that is showing up really well maybe you can take pointers from them or maybe it's 
maybe you start small, right? Maybe it's just showing your face on camera, but you're not saying anything. It's just a trending sound or it's a lot of practice. And then other times it's like, I'm going to send you an idea. You can film it however feels comfortable to you. If you want to film it at home, if you want to film it in your office, whatever that looks like. But it's a lot of practice, honestly. Like most of our clients, I would say when they start with us, they are not good on camera. They're very uncomfortable and it shows they're really stiff. And then, but the more they do it, the better they get. And some of them will start doing things on their own. We don't even have to tell them to get the camera out. And then you're probably back there like liking and sending hearts all their stories, exactly. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Saying, I know that like, I do more that. This, more this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we comment from our page. We're like more of this. We love this content. <laughs> I do that with my team members. So I totally know how you guys feel when I see someone post something or they use, you know, a tip from me. I'm like, yes, go. I feel like a proud mama bear or something. Yeah. <laughs> I also think like writing things down is helpful. Like, I don't know about you guys, but you think of like, oh, I should ask that or I should do a poll about that. Um, so I think if you have ideas, like being conscious of those and, and having a place to write them down because we you will forget. But sometimes we think of our best ideas when we're not in work mode. And so I try to encourage them, like, just if you're thinking of something in relation to your brand or business, like get a pen and paper and write it down. That's smart. I try and keep a running list like in my notes app on my phone and so that way it's on my computer, but totally because I'll, I'll like have all these ideas when I'm driving or I'm randomly doing something. And then of course I go to sit down to actually do it. I'm like, what was I going to do again? I swear I have ADD yeah. <laughs> in that way, <laughs> like most people, I'm sure. All right. Well, this was such a good episode, you guys. I'm so grateful that you were here and gave us so many good tips and just even reassurance, honestly, in that, you know, we're doing the right things and we're hearing it from you guys, the pros, you're helping so many different business owners achieve their goals on social media and be more authentic. And um, I just feel like we're so aligned in all of that. So again, thank you for being here. And I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week. Thank you for having us. And thank, yeah. I think it's really cool what you're doing and, and getting your own niche going. I think it's important in every niche and to have leaders like you to look up to I think is really important uh, thank you so much thanks for listening to the socially modern podcast are you interested in joining the socially modern collective we are a national real estate team focused on building our businesses the socially modern way if you'd like more info book a discovery call with me linked in the show notes don't forget to sign up for our newsletter also linked in the show notes and follow me and this show on Instagram at Hey Stephanie Mainville and at Socially Modern. <laughs>